0: 7-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Big Keith Trainer. look at him rumble. <laughs> Here we are then, you NFL nutbars. The utter punter back with a bang with blitzing the NFL conversation all goddamn season. And there's nothing you can do about it, nothing. This is not Detroit, man, this is the Super Bowl. Touchdown! No! No! 24 yard attempt. Oh, oh, no, oh, he hits the
1: upright. It's no good. Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in
0: the history of the Chiefs. Oh, and he misses it. That's impossible. The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Utter Punts is an NFL podcast made by UK fans of the National Football League. We're on the up. We're brimming with swagger too. Our big game prediction ratio is an arrogant 80% so far this season. 81 if you round it up. I'm sports journalist and Giants fan Liam Bradford. I've got two more Utter Punts alongside me. Our Brummy Viking, the most ginger man on the planet, the almost tolerable Dave Keane.
1: Give me a minute. I'm just setting up the Gino Smith fan club. Um, yeah, founding member, president. Happy with that.
0: also the founding member and president of the teddy bridgewater fan club Uh, alongside me here in manchester is ravens fan the stat
2: man dan don't make me talk about the broncos again please guess what we're
0: talking about the broncos big game reviews a look ahead to week eight our utter punts of the week and we'll help you make some money with our triple bet builder thanks for being with us Yes, yes, welcome along, Utter punts back as we career towards week eight of the NFL season. By weeks starting now and everything's sort of kicking off. Uh, I think we will start with the headlines, shall we? And we've only got two headlines this week, and that's because the first one is massive. Um, I've just written as a headline, Quarterback Hot Takes, because I have a funny feeling that we're going to have a few of these. We'll start with... The Patriots and the Colts, shall we? Because there's a little bit of controversy going on there. Who wants to pick this up first? Dave? Dave this is beautiful. This is beautiful because Dave's muted. Yeah. We've only been using Zoom for like or what essentially is the best part of three years, and somehow <laughs> he's remained muted when I actually needed him to talk. The producer's <laughs> saying keep the tight. I don't know how I have to
1: keep that it up
2: tight.
1: <laughs> yeah, keep keep, keep the pub tight. Don't don't waste any time. Anyway, yeah. I'll pick this up from a, a Colts perspective um, because I know that Dan will want to get his teeth into the Patriots and what's going on there. Uh, <laughs> I look with producers back g- g- giving me uh, <laughs> illicit signals. Um, anyway, so we've Matt Ryan apparently is over, done. Uh, it's a bit of a shame. He's only 37 years old, and I was, as we know quarterbacks go on until then mid-40s now has Tom Brady uh, and so he's, he's, he seems to be having his career ended about eight years earlier than should happen but n- normally in the past when a quarterback hits 36 years old they do tend to decline quite rapidly and that might be what's happened with Matt Ryan but regardless of his injury and he does have an injury uh, the head coach stated that Sam Erlinger will be the starting quarterback for the Colts from now on and but that is something which apparently will be going on for the rest of this season, which hopefully Erlinger turns out to be an absolutely sterling QB and saves our prediction that the Colts will win that division because it's not looking good right now, lads.
2: It's it's just it's funny, isn't it? Because in the offseason that the talk was that the Colts have absolutely cooed the NFL by getting Matt Ryan to be their quarterback and getting rid of Carson Wentz, right? And now you think, well, and Matt Ryan, great for him, finally going to play behind a good offensive line with a good running game and good wide receivers. And actually, he'd be much safer in Atlanta at the minute with that offensive line, wouldn't he? And the the Colts would probably be better with Carson Wentz still. Um, it's amazing how quickly things change in three or four months in this league, isn't it? It's absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know about the injury. I just heard they were benching him. And then obviously the Zen come out and said he's got a separated shoulder. But... It, it, like you say, it doesn't look it doesn't look good, and it sounds like Frank Wright's trying to save his job for me.
1: Yeah, I, I think that what it comes down to now is self preservation. If he goes for the rest of this season with uh, a rookie quarterback in there or a young quarterback, no one's got any expectations for. Then when they get to the end of the season and they get a high draft pick, he may stay in his job. But it does feel very much like a self preservation move, and I feel for yeah, for Matt does. Ryan because he's not going to get the opportunity to grow. Uh, with that offense and, and see whether or not he can do something over there which strikes me as being not what he
2: signed up for. Except, I mean Belichick's interview was class, wasn't it? You'll be able yeah. to hear
0: that when we wrap up this week's uh, when we wrap up this guys. week's
2: games. It's brilliant. I think I think their plan <laughs> probably was well we'll bring Matt Jones back in because it's a nice easy game against the Bears because they're rubbish. And after sort of three drives, they realised there was nothing happening at all and put Zappi back in, who'd been playing really well, did ignite them for for a brief spell before then throwing interceptions again. But certainly looks the better of the two quarterbacks. I would I would think from from a Patriots fans point of view, from watching its point of view. Um, but who starts on Sunday? Normally you'd say in the NFL it's the person that ends the game starts the game again. I don't I don't know if that's the case in this one. I, I think Matt Jones might come in again. Who knows?
0: Uh, is, the, is I mean, while we're on this subject, I'm not sure the Steelers know who their starting quarterback is either. This is something that's happening across the league. Even the Cowboys, to a certain extent, have got a question mark going over who starts for them. That should be Dak, shouldn't it? We all know that it should be Dak Prescott. But when he was out injured, actually his backup's done pretty well as well. Across, across the league at the minute, kino we've got clubs not knowing, teams not knowing who their starting quarterback is. There's an interesting question that can be raised off the back of this, which is it simply the fact that offences
1: now, the modern offences, have got so easy to run that backups can come in and run them as efficiently as a starting QB, which effectively yeah. devalues you the QB position, right? Because if anyone can come in and run it to a certain level, then, then, then why are you paying them the big money? Um, so I think that... It, <laughs> I think it says a lot that if if Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are declining, which you certainly feel like Brady's head isn't really in the game anymore. And Rodgers is blaming other people for potentially shortcomings he could have helped to prevent by actually turning up for the OTAs and spending more time with those young receivers in the O-line, getting them drilled and ready. So you, you do have a little bit of change coming in, but, if the offences have been configured in such a way where anyone can come in and run them to a particular level, then you will see a change in, in, in defences to adjust to it uh, because they'll know that there's less talented players in there. They'll be able to stop worrying about deep shots and that they'll be able to to really press box. That'll force a run game. It's an interesting evolution. What do you reckon, Dan?
2: I think you're right. My, my sort of conspiracy theory on it is, I think the last in the last year, that there was no quarterbacks that came into the draft this year. Uh, no, no, certainly none that would make a difference. Um, and I wonder if a lot of the teams went for the bridge. So you saw Jared Goff in, in Detroit, you've seen Matt Ryan go to the Colts, you saw Davis Mills hang on for another year, um, Brady even for another year. You've seen what the Panthers have done with Baker Mayfield. There's a number Giants of teams, on to Daniel Jones, that Giants, absolutely, have... absolute great example again. And, and all these teams that are in the middle, and I just wonder if there's an, an all of a sudden, a bit of a race to the bottom because this next year's draft does look a bit tasty for sort of CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. That they, they, they all look very, very good, capable, more than capable quarterbacks. I wonder if there's a race to sort of get them, uh, for, even from this point. I think the other thing that I would
0: say is is you mentioned there, Dave, about backup quarterbacks being able to to run offenses, and you look at what Geno's done at the at the Seahawks, and he's been brilliant, but equally there's an element here of it being life being more difficult for quarterbacks i mean i'm not sure anybody gets the best out of denver broncos i'm not sure if if and if tom brady can't get the best out of his bucks team i'm not sure who does there's there's something else underlying at the minute isn't there happening with with quarterbacks i mean and i mean russell wilson is russell wilson it's just are they all coming to the end of the End of their, end of their lifespan is that essentially. There's a missing
1: generation. Uh, There's a missing generation there. So you've got 2012 to 2017. Think about who came through and who's still performing well in the league. Um, There aren't that many quarterbacks who came through during that period who who are performing well. You've got the pick up again when you got Mahomes coming through with 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 Josh Allen, um, and and then Lamar. You know, all, all coming through at the same time. But after Stafford and Andrew Luck, who retired, you've, you've got that last generation of quarterbacks, which, which have have kind of disappeared. And they're leaving a, a goal fair that young players can potentially step into, but it, it is also leaving that, that route for maybe a, not a top 10 quarterback to stay longer in the league. Um, and the more they play, the more they're going to get better. The, the, the more they're actually getting snaps with, with the ones, as you can see from Geno, um, I mean, see, the Seahawks are performing incredibly well and a lot of the credit for that has to go down to Gina um, who didn't really have a career as a starting quarterback after he failed. I think he was at the Jets initially, sort of an 11-19 and record over two seasons and journeyman back up and seized his opportunity. That opportunity is potentially only there because of this missing generation of quarterbacks. I mean, you know, Teddy's leg fell off. That would have been... the the next big one for me but you know one of those things
0: well you would say that every time you mention teddy you know birds start tweeting in the trees and (laughs) love hearts yeah on my screen don't Um, forget the unicorns (laughs) yeah plenty of them uh best and worst off-season trades is the second thing that we're going to talk about i've got two terrible ones struggling to think of the best off-season trade. Who wants to pick this up first? Dan, do you want to go first on this one?
2: Yeah, I'll I'll go best trade first and I, I think I'm going to go Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. Um there was a lot of sort of speculation over whether it would work for him, whether it would work for the Chiefs. Actually, I've put it down as the best trade because it seems to have worked really well for both teams and for the player himself, which is which is quite rare when you get that. But the Chiefs don't seem to be missing him. In fact, they've they've gone to a more varied offense and that seems to be working really well. The Dolphins have exploited him. He's got, he's got the most pass yards, most receiving yards in the league. So he's having a great time. And um, he's had three different quarterbacks to get that, which is it makes it even more astounding. So I think Tyreek Hill, best trade.
0: Fair. Dan, your uh, Dave, your best trade? Well, I've, I've looked at it kind of differently
1: on account of the fact that best to me means most amusing. And for, for me, the most amusing <laughs> trade is still Deshaun Watson. Um, on, on account of the fact that at the moment, oh. I think the, the pick that the Browns have given to the Houston Texans, who's currently a top five overall pick for Deshaun. And and they're not even in a position where they can tank effectively because they've already traded away all of their picks. if they really, really struggle this year and end up with nothing in the draft next year, I can't see them recovering just off the strength of of, of Deshaun coming back, uh, regardless of the fact that he was a, a very good quarterback when he was playing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Deshaun Watson trade still, for me, is the best trade simply because the Vikings weren't involved and everyone involved got weaker apart from the Texans who need all the help they can get.
0: I think that's fair. I couldn't really think of a best one. And if I was going to think of one, it probably would have been Tyreek Hill and Dan snatched that off me. So I went with two terrible ones. Uh, the really, really obvious pick for this was going to be Russell Wilson. The second most obvious pick and the one that I think I'm probably going to go with is Carson Wentz, who, um, I mean, looking at what looking at what the Colts got out of that deal, he's had a horror show at the Commanders. And there are fans now uh, all across Twitter all across the forums, calling for him to never play for the franchise again. Like that's that's where the Commanders fans are at with Carson Wentz. Absolute shocker of a trade.
2: Yeah, that, that, uh, I'm not I'm not far wrong. I, I've got the the Wilson one as the worst trade, and I sort of made some notes here of what they what the Broncos gave up to get him, and it was Shelby Harris, who's a, probably an All Pro defensive end. They've got Noah Fant, who's a is a decent tight end. They brought in Charles Cross in that with their first round pick they got, who's playing absolutely lights out on the defensive line. Boye and as a linebacker, who was absolutely outstanding against the Chargers midweek, and they've still got another first-round pick next year and another second-round pick next year, and all they gave up was, was Russell Wilson, who wasn't as good as the quarterback they've got. I mean, it's a shocker, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Dave, worst trade? Wow. I mean, that trade, but from the other perspective. <laughs> it's, the
2: Bron- it's the best trade. Yeah, it's the best yeah.
1: trade. <laughs> it's the Broncos. It's the seal. Yeah. Exactly. But <laughs> poor Broncos, I mean,
0: eh? A, absolutely. Well, no, no, absolutely. I know that Russell Wilson has quickly become the pantomime villain on this podcast and the Broncos are easy to beat up on, but do you know, it, it's just it's it's horrible. Like it's just awful.
1: Have you seen his subway adverts? That's I'd, all I'm asking. I'd, I'd,
0: I'd, no.
1: Right. Okay. I'm sure I I've got to the point where right now I now feel bad for the man. Like I do. I, I feel bad for him. Like it's like I don't know, a,
2: a puppy who needs a dad. Like, he really is struggling. Have a look at those adverts and tell me I'm wrong. I need to say as well, you know, Russell Wilson, you, you, everybody, people are saying, oh, he's having a bad year in the Broncos. He was terrible last year for the Seahawks. He was clearly in decline then. They they, they started off like a house on fire the first four or five games, and then he got injured. Gino came in, and they, they were awful when they brought Russell Wilson back in. He couldn't get the ball downfield. The wide receivers were, were, were asking for Gino then. And to get what they got for him, the Seahawks, was an absolute master coup. And it's been coming for a while, this decline, in Russell Wilson, I'm afraid. It's not a new thing. Uh, final word on this is
0: that if you're brand new to the NFL, you're listening to Otter Punts for the first time and, and all of this isn't making masses and masses of sense, I would go back to the skills challenges that were done ahead of the Pro Bowl last season and just watch how terrible mm. Russell Wilson was in the skills challenges the quarterback throwing challenges absolutely dreadful Uh, right move on shall we let's take a look back at last week week seven uh, of the games that were on TV all wrapped up for you New Orleans Saints against the Arizona Cardinals. Talk about kicking off the weekend right. This was a points fest as the Cards came up with a pair of pick sixes to beat the Saints 42-34. One interesting aspect was the Cardinals QB Kyler Murray and head coach Cliff Kingsbury getting pretty heated on the touchline. DeAndre Hopkins stepping in to be the peacemaker there. Murray's words of calm down will make it right. Proved to wind up Kingsbury, but ultimately also proved to be absolutely correct. They snapped their eight-game home losing streak. Cleveland Browns against the Baltimore Ravens. Another Ravens game, another tight scoreline and another encounter where the boot of Justin Tucker made a huge difference. A 23 points to 20 win for the Ravens after Tucker's 55 yarder gave him a 23-13 advantage with just over 10 to play. The Ravens have blown a double-digit lead in the second half of their last three losses. This time, though, John Harbaugh's side held on for the win. Two touchdowns from the returning Gus Edwards keeps the smile on Ravens fans' faces. Next up Seattle Seahawks against the LA Chargers. The Seattle. Seahawks. I mean, I think we all expected them to be squarely in the basement of the NFC West, didn't we? Instead, they lead the division thanks to a 37 23 win over the Chargers at SoFi. Rookie Kenneth Walker rushed for 168 yards and two touchdowns. Marquise Goodwin caught two as Geno Smith went 20 of 27 with 210 yards, his fifth multi touchdown game of the season. In your Face Russell Wilson is Geno Smith. Man, um, our defense is is growing and um, the more they get confidence and the more plays they make, it just makes for a more well-rounded team. As an offense, we got a long ways to go as well. And as a team, we got to continue to build. But um, as you can see, man, like we're feeding off one another. And uh, that's what Coach talks about when he talks about just team ball, complementary ball. And uh, that's what it's about. You know, if you want to be a great team, all sides have got to contribute. Next up, Steelers at Dolphins, and it's no coincidence that Tua tango is back into the side on the week that the Finns snapped a three-game losing streak. It is, however, a surprise that the Dolphins' QB1 hasn't had a full-speed practice since mid-September, just before that Buffalo game that changed the concussion protocol for the whole NFL, and he still managed to play as well as he did. This one turned into a bit of a fantastic affair, and there's not much to chat about other than Raheem Mostert's 8-yard touchdown on the opening drive. Start fast, defend well. Lastly, Chicago Bears at the New England Patriots. And do you know what? I might have picked the Bears a week too early on utter Punts. Despite Bailey Zappi replacing Mac Jones and immediately being rewarded with a pair of second quarter touchdowns, the Bears have finally found a way to get Fields to use his feet. And 23 unanswered points later, the Bears had run away with it. Whisper this one, though. The Bears love it when the weather is terrible. And it was awful in New England. Heavy fog horrible underfoot conditions and that definitely helped them out. Now normally I'd choose the winning team to have their say, but the post-game press conference with head coach Bill Belichick is just 40 seconds of sensationally brilliantly wonderfully grumpy Bill.
1: Who is the starting quarterback? Yeah, we just finished the game. So Winmack came out of the game Bill was that a medical decision the timing of the
2: no so was that related to the, the interception that was his no. last play tonight no we we had planned to play uh, I told the quarterbacks that we were gonna we were gonna play both of them so we did
1: and so was the plan for three series it just seems when his last plays an interception it looks like a, a benching for performance that's not what it was but you you know you can write whatever you want
0: to write Bill Belichick, I will always look to you as my role model of how to be grumpy. Uh, There you go. Bill Belichick um, and that interview, boys, it's just sensational. Before we move on to game previews, there is nothing better than a grumpy Bill Belichick interview. And that was about as grumpy
2: as they get. I, yeah, he's funny. He, he's just, I feel sorry for the reporters. They have to sit in that room every week and ask him questions, and they know what he's going to be like, <laughs> and they still have to think of different ways of asking it, and he's just going to blank you. Yeah, he's brilliant. Well,
1: I mean, I think it was a fair shout, but he, he did plan on playing both quarterbacks, but to claim that it was pre-planned completely and, and not due to injury is... <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't quite buy that. However, if, if it was simply a matter of the weather conditions were terrible, you've got a QB who was carried off the pitch howling in pain when he when he did go out injured uh, with a high ankle sprain. Maybe he just felt, I'll put Bailey Zappi back out there and, and see whether or not he can't bring something for us. Uh, he did, but not for long enough, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Uh, my favourite part of that entire thing was the question about whether or not it was performance-related. Nope. <laughs> that was it. Nothing. <laughs> Let's take a look at this week, shall we? There's uh, all sorts of games at all sorts of times this week. So we've got a Thursday night late game. We've then got a Sunday at one thirty because the Broncos at the Jags is actually being played at Wembley. Then the Sunday games are at five o'clock on Sunday and eight thirty. This because the clocks go back in the UK overnight Saturday into Sunday. So all of a sudden the timings have changed all over the place. Uh, and there's a Sunday late and a Monday night football game as well. So we're going to preview all of them. We will start with the Ravens at the Bucks. That's your Thursday night game. Dan you're the Ravens fan. How this how's this one going?
2: It's it's a it's a bit of a scary matchup because I think I think both teams would look at this and think what, what we don't want to face is the person is the team that we're facing now okay so the Ravens don't want to play any team with a downfield threat that can hurt them deep and the, the bucks can certainly do that if nothing else as long as Mike Evans catches the ball um but and the, the the books don't want to play a team that runs all over them and has loads of pace and the Ravens have that so it's it's a it's a case of strength and weakness on both sides which I think is a very exciting game um regards to injuries, Mike Evans is is sort of walking, apparently. He's not really practised, but I think he'll definitely play because Godwin, I think he's out. Gage, I think he's out. Um, So for me, the Bucks look really like a yard too slow. I watched that game against the Steelers and I've watched again the game against the Panthers. and um, There's no pace in that team at all. They're they're a very slow team on both sides of the ball and their line is still really struggling. I'm not sure if the Ravens have yet got the pass rush lined up to, to... take full advantage of that but I, Jason Pierre-Paul will want to make a point I think in this game um, Jason Owe certainly looks good enough so I, I think the Ravens might be able to do enough to disrupt Brady and, and and get the win here on the road because I think they'll just be able to run all over the Buccaneers that, that, that's what I think
1: um, I, I think the analysis is just fairly spot on, the only thing I'll say is Brady's n- not lost three in a row since his rookie season in 2002 No. Um, He has got a, uh, no, sorry, and I think he also has not been under 500 by more than two games since the same season. I remember reading about it today and thought, okay, that's that's interesting. So if he is in decline, he loses this. If he shows the normal Brady resiliency, um, Ravens could be on the end of a bit of an upset here, which... I don't expect to happen, but it's Tom Brady. And we're now all assuming that they're going to lose. Maybe we should, we should dust off and don't bet against Brady Blackards.
0: I think um, from my point of view, the Ravens, they've got Gus back. And I think that, that really helps them. Um, I think they're probably getting some guys back off that injured list. That's really going to help them. I think Justin Tucker, that's really going to help them. But I think the most important thing is last week they found a way to win when it looked for all the world like it was slipping away. They found a way to win that will stay with that team, and I think that I think that really gives them the edge going into this one.
2: Yeah, I think the other advantage is the coaching as well, and I think you know there's a lot of talk about Brady in decline, but I just don't think Todd Bowles is up is up to the job. Um, he, he was a, he's an incredible defensive coordinator, but I think. What they've done is they've weakened their strength by moving him to head coach so he's not coaching that defense anymore and you can tell because it's it's not the same as it was um and he's not got the offensive game plan. it and, and byron left which is stock is seeming to be dropping as well so i think in the in the old days whereas brady would be helped out if he was behind on the record they would change the game plan slightly mcdaniels would simplify things or they'd get the ball moving i don't think they've got the ability to do that with the coaching here and i, I so i don't think he gets an advantage back Going to be
0: an interesting one. That's for absolutely certain. Right predictions around the table, starting with Dave Keane. Yeah, I do, I
1: do think the Ravens are going to take it. But if if the if there's any kind of points going for the books, I'd have a look at that.
2: That there's not. It's the bookies can't decide. It's it's not 0.5 points either way. It's it's wow. an absolute. They they don't know what's going to happen. This is one of those games for me as a Ravens fan. It terrifies me. Um, in theory, it should work. We, we should be able to run the ball on them. We should be able to do our strength should be, should outpower their weakness. But their deep threat with Mike Evans, I just it just scares me to death, and it still does being a Ravens fan. Um, I, I found a bet eighteen to one, which is quite tasty. Bearing in mind that both defenses can be hurt, which is both teams to score a touchdown and a field goal in each half is eighteen to one. Wow. Sky bet, which I thought was uh, considering that I think both offenses will be able to do well against the other defense. I think that's quite lively. That's sort of 10 points I've, a half I've each. Had that, I know that's quite yeah, a lot of points. I've had that bet a few that times. That might be worth a five. Yeah, either, I've, I think. I've had that bet a few
1: times in yeah. the past, and it's a fun bet more than anything, especially if it comes off in the first half and yeah. goes through to the second. Keeps you interested.
0: It yeah, it just keeps you interested, doesn't it? Yeah. Right, I'm going to go Ravens on this. So Dave's gone Ravens. I've gone Ravens. Dan's going. Always Ravens, yeah. Always bet on the Ravens. Uh, shall we? We've already spoken about that 18 to 1 bet. We will talk to you about our treble when we get to the end of these game previews but for the meanwhile we shall move on to the 1 30 sunday afternoon itv and sky sports at wembley it's gonna be a brilliant game boys the denver broncos against the jacksonville jaguars aren't we all really excited about this one dan <laughs>
2: <laughs> all, all, all i've got to say is apparently Russell Wilson's been doing yoga on the plane for eight hours on his way over to try and recover and he probably will start. Um, This isn't an advert, really. Although I think the the Jags are good. I think the Jags are a really fruity sort of two and five team. I think they they should be much better than that. I think they were unlucky at the weekend. They've been unlucky in the last couple of games. The Jags are better everywhere, I think. And for me, it's... The line is the line because it's the Broncos, but I think the Jags are favourites in my mind and, and should be able to really, really hurt the Broncos. I
0: thought that you just said that they were unlucky at the weekend when actually I think you'll find what happened was they were outplayed in every single department, Dan. That's that's the line that I'm going with and I'm sticking with it.
2: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, no. they, they, they lost, so you know there's there's some credit in that. I just think they came up against a team that's really figured out a way to, to win games and it is really well coached. Um, both these defences are really good. This, and, and both offences have, have moments um, of really poor play. And so I think there'll be a lot of a lot of punts, a lot of three and outs. I don't think there'll be many points in this. That would be my steer. I think it'll be low, low, low. Dave?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it's more than fair, but <laughs> I actually quite like the Jags at the moment. I think there's something about them. Um, yeah. I do think that, that Lawrence isn't particularly hitting the hopes so I hoped he would. Um, and I am a little bit worried that he's not really adjusting as quickly as I'd hoped, but I think Doug Peterson will will probably get the best out of him. Uh I expect them to take it. And I do actually think that the Giants did all right against him at the weekend. Credit where credit's due. You six and one. It's not a fluke. Going
0: well, Liam. This was one of those that it if it had a bit more about it. Because it's the game on ITV and because there is a chance that a lot of people are going to be able to watch this and they wouldn't be able to watch anything else, we'd have spent a little bit more time on it. But it's such a dull advert for the NFL that actually I think the time's probably better spent a little bit further down this fixture list. So we'll just whiz around the table and get a prediction out of this one for for everyone. I'm going to go... Jags just because there's a chance that Russell Wilson's going to play and if he plays I think that hands the advantage over to Jacksonville
2: uh, I, I like the Jags. Uh, I've got the Jags minus two and a half and under forty-five points at seven to four is probably my my bet. The best player on the field, if you do want, if you are watching it for the first time, that like a guy called Travis Etienne that plays for the Jags. He's their running back. He's been outstanding the last few games. He's yeah. really good fun to watch, and we'll watch him on Sunday. Yeah, my
1: nephew's going to the game. Best of luck, but he's going to be horrible, Ollie. And uh, yeah, I think the Jags will win.
0: We said last week, didn't we, when we were picking our teams with a losing record to make it to the playoffs? The Jags were my pick, and I think I think there's just enough about them that they'll get themselves out of the hole that they're they're currently in. Uh, Right, moving swiftly on to the New England Patriots at the New York Jets. Before we get to the game preview, if you are in and around Greater Manchester, I have got an absolutely banging offer for you that's come in from the pub that is associated with the podcast. It's called the Nook and Broom, N-O-O-K and Broom, as in the sweeper. Um, They give us a promotion every week, for us to include in the podcast. And this week, Dan, they've come up with an absolute belter.
2: Yeah, really good fun. So they're asking us to pick a touchdown scorer in the 5pm the game and the 8.25 game. Which is Patriots at Jets and, and 49ers at Rams. Um, and they want us to pick a touchdown scorer. And if that guy does to score a touchdown, his first touchdown, you get a free pint if you're in there watching the NFL. Which I think is pretty cool. Free booze is essentially what we're saying here. If we get it right,
0: free booze. So... On we go to the preview. <laughs> no by the, pressure. <laughs> by the way, just, just just a little thing. The bottomless brunch at the Nook and Broom, and this is from personal experience from both Dan and I, oh, yeah. absolutely belting. So if you're if you're thinking about a bottomless brunch for a celebration or a birthday, worth it all day long. And if you're around on a Friday night and you fancy a right good knees up and a bit of a party with a great DJ, the Nook and Broom absolutely the pace to be uh, in and around South Manchester on a, on a Friday night. Really enjoy it in there. New England Patriots at New York Jets. Dan, tell me why we love the Jets at the moment.
2: The Jets are young, they're confident, they're fast, they're, they're playing really loads of confidence and loads of speed. And that's the type of football that we really like to watch, isn't it? And they're still got a bit of an underdog tag. They've got a bit of a chip on the shoulder and they're just trying to prove everybody wrong. Now, I love that. I've always had a bit of a soft spot for the Jets. It's probably come through a couple of times on on, on the podcast as it, as it is. And I've always felt a bit sorry for them, but I've always liked the fan base. I like watching them. Um, I, I'm, my only concern is that they, they, although they won at the weekend and it was a great win against the, the much more line Broncos, they, they, they've, they've taken some serious injuries. So three of their key players, certainly on offense, uh, are out. So Vera Tucker, their offensive lineman, who has been brilliant in the run game, is out. Brees Hall... Um, one of the most exciting running backs to come oh, in since probably since Saquon. He, he's, he scored a touchdown, a beautiful touchdown. run. If you watch that on the highlights, it's incredible the cut that he makes and the burst of acceleration. A couple of plays later, he, his ACL's gone. He's out for the year. They also lost Corey Davis with a PCL injury. Now, Corey Davis hasn't really lit up the score chart since he's been at the Jets, but he's been a real safety blanket for Zach Wilson these first few weeks. Um, and he's out. He, he only got out for a couple of weeks, but he's definitely out on Sunday. And although they've signed James Robinson on on. They've traded for James Robinson this week. He'll be a good replacement. And they've got Michael Carter. Um, I, I just worry that it might just knock them. But I think their confidence and the fact they're a winning team might just get them over the edge here.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I think that Garrett Wilson is someone who might actually benefit from this. He started off on fire. I think it was, wasn't Joe Flacco starting for them when uh, Wilson was originally, yeah. originally injured yeah. and and, and the, the, the young wide receiver was absolutely on fire. Uh, that's not been the case since Zach Wilson came back. Um, but now he might have a need to go more his way. It mean, could, could be really interesting. and. Early this season, Wilson looked the absolute pick of wide receivers in this draft that had come through so far. His route running was excellent. He was a deep threat, um, and yeah, I, honestly, if if he gets more of a ball, I can
0: see him actually putting some points on New England. It's um, it, it's boring. We've already mentioned it. I'm going to mention it again. The the epitome of the Jets' attitude at the minute is Sauce Gardner walking out of Green Bay with a cheese head on. It's an image that is stuck in my brain. It's not one that's going to leave me. I think if you could encapsulate the attitude of the Jets, that's it right there. And I think that's probably why I like them as much as I do. Um, Now, the New England Patriots are a team that we all love to hate. Um, I think for those that are new to the NFL that might be joining us for the first time and wondering why we're about to absolutely hammer the Patriots, It's because they were so successful, it's a bit like the whole, um, it's why everybody hates Manchester United, it's now why everybody hates Manchester City, success breeds contempt. Um, That contempt has not gone away, the success has, but we still hate them, and on top of that, Dave, they are broken
1: at the minute well that, that's what Dan says I mean to be fair it's actually more arrogance breeds <laughs> contempt that's why everybody hates Manchester United um and the New England Patriots but we'll we'll, we'll let you pretend it's success if you like mate um but the, the truth of the matter is that they are in trouble at the moment it's weird how their results seem to vary from game to game uh, they're playing well. They're shutting teams out. Then their defense can't actually keep anybody out of the end zone. Um, it, it's it's going to be an interesting one to see at the weekend. Um, but I honestly, the, the way the Jets are playing, you can't really see them standing up to, to 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 the onslaught that's going to come in terms of the enthusiasm and the energy levels, particularly on the line of scrimmage. And yet again, it's Bill Belichick. He's doing his thing. He's being grumpy. When he's grumpy, something happens. Um. Maybe maybe Bailey Zappi will start and absolutely
2: blow them out of the water. We'll see. My my concern is the, the 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 Jets are a better team than the Patriots. The Patriots are the worst team in the AFC East. Let's 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 not be let's not miss the miss the boat here. The, the Jets are a better team, but the, the Patriots they were overwhelming favorites on Monday night because their last two games they'd looked really solid and really good. And I, and I just when you look at those games, the Lions were had an absolute meltdown, and the Browns browned really. Um, they're both really simple offenses that they played so the the lions don't really do much special and they they didn't have swift and they didn't have uh, amon rasett brown playing so everything was a very basic playbook that they ran on offense and the the, the patriots et that up the browns did the same thing the browns run the ball in it job and they maybe try and throw it to Njoku and and cooper that's their game plan it's very simple and again the patriots set it up when the patriots have played anybody with a more adventurous game plan like the ravens or the you know they've been absolutely wiped out I just wonder if the the Jets will try and keep this really simple for Zach Wilson and play into Belichick's hands a little bit. That they, they've won twelve straight against the Jets, the Patriots, but they 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 can't be feeling good about themselves on the other side of that. And I, I just they, last year they they really scrambled Zach Wilson. He looked awful in those games. I think he saw, he sort of threw four interceptions in in New England and and two again in the, in in the Midlands, didn't he? Um, I just wonder if the Jets. It, if they go out if they go at this in the right way and they they attack New England they'll win if they try and make this simple and pretty I think they'll lose um so it's kind of show us something Jets now if you're a serious team you should be putting the Patriots away so show us um my only thing is this is going to be very low scoring again I think both defenses will be on top that new that Jets defense is really good and really fast um the Patriots defense is really good against a simple game plan so I think that's the way it's going to go. it would be very tight and very messy. But show us, show us, Jets. If you want to take us seriously, show us. Go beat them. I'm not convinced
1: you. by the quarterback. By the way, I, I know, I know that we have this argument a lot, but I think that he, I don't know. It just seems inconsistent with his throwings, to me. It'll be interesting to see where he goes as well. Eh? Yeah, it's a, it's a straight up bone of contention between me and Dan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we will do uh, predictions in a second, but you know we do that thing at, in the headlines where we ask a question and we all sort of bring an answer and we have a bit of a discussion about it. Mm. Can we do greatest names in the NFL next week? Yeah, because okay. what, uh, well, what current? It? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So you can't yeah. have Dick Butkus, but mm. y- you can definitely you can definitely find some absolute corkers in it. Like source to be called source gardeners, pretty cool. But yeah. what well, the, the one that you've You've just said there that it makes me smile every time. The fact that he's called Amon Ra.
2: Yeah. It's just brilliant.
0: Yeah. And at one yeah. stage, was there not a Barcavius Mingo playing? Yeah. Drafted for, in for 2013 the pitchers, yeah. at Play some point. Barcavius Mingo. Right, okay. Uh get your thinking caps on. Do you want to do all time or do you want to do current? no just current current right. players gotta be in the so Next week, current best names in the NFL coming your way prediction for this one from Dan,
2: please. I've gone jets. I'm going to back them. I think let's, let's get around the team that's confident and young. So I've gone jets, but 17, 13. Um, and my bet is jets plus 2.5 and under 42 and a half total is two to one.
0: I'm going to take the jets. Um, just, and again, for no other reason than I like them more than the pats. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm tempted to, to give a little bit of balance and, and go with the pats. But earlier this season, I didn't see a lot from the Patriots. They did all right. The last couple of weeks. I, I still think it's too early for Zappi. I really wish he'd got more time to to learn the, the craft and, and come through when he's fully ready. Uh, but I have no faith in Mac Jones. No idea what Patrick's going to do. Got to pick the Jets. Got to.
0: Uh, next up is the Sunday 8.30 game. The San Francisco 49ers at the LA Rams. Tasty old affair, this one. Um How do you see it going, Dave?
1: At the moment, the 49ers, I think, have probably got more than enough to do for Rams. the the Rams, are going through a period of of adjustment. They they don't seem to be able to to get anything going from Stafford. He still seems like he's suffering from the injury that he had with Summer. Um, I I know they've won a couple of games, but the the, the Rams are really struggling. I don't know if it's a Super Bowl hangover or or what it might be, but I think it's just sometimes you've roster ages and you get to a point where if your depth hasn't been acquired judiciously through the draft and you've been signing big name free agents using your draft picks all the time you just end up a little bit short of a depth and san francisco has just gone and gotten themselves christian mccaffrey which bearing in mind their run game is already quite spectacular i can only imagine someone who can catch the ball and run the ball equally well and also pass protect pretty damn well he's going to be considerably well used but by the 49ers. Uh I can see them putting the Rams on the back foot. Obviously Cooper Cup should be coming back, but I just worry about Stafford's ability to connect at the moment. He hasn't proven to me he's fully healthy. What do you reckon, Dan? Um
2: I I think the Rams will beat a bad team. So I think they'll, you know, the, the Stafford a quick pass to Cup will do enough damage to beat a bad team and their defence will stop a fairly rank offence. Um but against a good pass rush they've been battered all year. So Bills, 49ers in the first game Cowboys, they got absolutely stuffed in all those games. And the 49ers are as good as anybody up front. And they've got Bosa back, they've got Eric Armstead back, they've got Eberkamp back. Um, they look, they're serious up front. And I have I have my doubts about Garoppolo. I, I did at the start of the season. I, I really wanted to see Trey Lance do really well in this offense. And can you imagine that with, with Lance and CMC and Debo and the players they've got, Ayuk and that would be scary but we'll take Garoppolo for now. Debo might not be 100% fit. That they're, they're sort of he's not really training fully but he has got a bit longer to prep so if he can get on the field him and CMC can play all over the field. I, I can't see the Rams doing much to stop them but what I can see is the 49ers just destroying that line again and and making Matthew Stafford look really silly. Um I think this is 49ers heavy but with what we've seen against a good offense, a good defensive line, the Rams can't cope.
0: I don't think there's anything more to say on this one, given that we're all going to go the same way, I think, in terms of our prediction. Dave, I'm guessing you're going Niners?
1: 100%, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm 100% going Niners too, Dan. Yeah, 100%. All right, all good. Uh, any value in this anyway? anywhere?
2: Um, I've, I've seen one, which is Niners minus two and a half points, which is more than a field goal, um, and over 42 points in the game, five to two. Which I thought might be quite tasty. I could see, with you know, if some defensive turnover shot fields, I could see maybe the 49ers putting some points up here. Good work. Uh, moving on, Sunday late
0: game, Packers at Bills. Anybody predicting anything other than an absolute route here? Well, we
2: that, that, I don't think the Bears are Patriots, didn't we? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Oh, has this put the fear of God in you? Uh, well, you know, your question last week was is there any way. Is there any any chance the Bears can beat the Pats? And mine what you asked for one word and me and Dave gave you about fourteen paragraphs. And mine was, Well yeah, because it's at the NFL and they can all beat anybody any time, really. Is it likely? Absolutely not. The Bills are gonna smash them to bits, aren't they? Because they're better on offense, better on defence, better on special teams, and they're at home. And they've had a bye week and they've had a week extra to prepare for it. And they all really like each other. And the Green Bay just look like they're in absolute demise. It, Aaron Rodgers today saying that players that are making mistakes should Shouldn't be benched. Play? Yeah. That's that's the captain of the team. Um they're they're in trouble, Green Bay. You know, heaven knows we predicted that at the start of the season. They're they're in serious trouble, and this is not a place to go if you're not feeling yourself.
1: So, um, the, the full context of a Rogers interview is interesting. Look at me going to bat for Aaron Rogers, love it. Anyway, <laughs> the full context of a Rogers interview is interesting because what he was actually saying was broken plays happen for every team. In a game over the past couple of seasons, they'd had two to three broken plays a game. They are currently yeah. running at nearly a dozen a game. And he Wants to see action taken to stop people from going out there who haven't got a clue what's in the playbook. Now on the flip side, if it's Aaron who's making the mistakes, he's basically telling them to drop him. So, <laughs> I it, it, it could could go either way for him. I'm 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 now kind of intrigued to find out exactly what's been going on in in the coaches' film rooms with those guys because sometimes it doesn't look like it's the wide receiver making the mistakes, but It could be.
0: Two things that I need to point out here. One, who are you? And two, you can stick your context where the sun don't shine. Context makes not a good podcast. We don't need to be fully (laughs) across everything that was said to put quotations in the context in which they were meant. That's not how we work. No, that's exactly how we work here at Utter Podcast. It is Uh, how we work, yeah. Yeah, no, we do. and And namely because Dave does love to uh, make sure that he knows everything that's going on. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go bills because I can't see it going any other way Dan,
2: Yeah. I I mean, there's there's some champions in this Packers team and you know, you might just get that all worldly performance from Rogers, but who's going to catch the ball? He can't catch it himself so he can play the game of his life, but who's going to help him? Aaron Jones, they can take him away. Uh, It's bills all day, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he can't catch it himself,
1: but they have got Amari Rogers. So maybe their best link will be Rogers <laughs> to Rogers. Wouldn't that be ironic? Just, we'll, 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 we'll see. All right.
0: Uh Right. I think we're all going. I think we're all going uh, Green Bay Packers. Then, yeah. No. It's, all, all going
2: Bills. It's a difficult game to find any value in, really, because the Bills are such heavy favorites, and we do think they'll win. But the the, the money is then needs to go exceed that a little bit. So the double of Bills minus nine point five. Um, and over 48 points, is five to two. So actually, if you think the Bills are going to drop 30, 35 points, you'd probably go there. Um, that'd be my tip.
0: Good stuff. Finally, Monday late game, Cincinnati Bengals at Cleveland Browns, the battle of Ohio. I, I mean, I enjoy watching the Bengals because I like passing football. I like watching the ball in the air and they've been pretty good at that so far this season at uh, the Browns. Le- less fun to watch um, Dave which which way do you see this one going it's, it's a
1: divisional game which means you can often throw a form out of the window um, but I think Miles My- Garrett will have to have a game of his life and absolutely break Joe Burrow if the Browns are going to have any chance in this game. Um, and the, the Browns defense has got talent, but has not been playing to that level of talent at all. I worry about their play calling. Um, Kevin Stefanski obviously learned under the Mike Zimmer School, um, which, you know, probably isn't the best recommendation <laughs> right now. Um, unfortunately. Sorry, Mike. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Not- but. I, I I can't see the Bengals losing this one, and I'd be very surprised, even though they are on the road. I believe, um, maybe if I drink
0: some water from the Ohio River, they, 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 you know, they might lose. Then, <laughs> wow, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's go there, shall we? Uh, I mean, I was going to say if anybody's going to stop Jamar Chase, it's probably going to be Denzel Ward. But Denzel Ward's allowing you know touchdowns in almost every game that he plays in, despite him being you know their best option in the backfield Dan I mean it's straightforward isn't
2: it this one I'm going to go as far as to say this is the best bet of the season okay so far of all eight weeks this is the bet that has jumped out and smashed me in the face today all right Um, Bengals only giving up two and a half points against the Browns Um, what yeah it's wrong my advice is get on as quick as you can that's the line that's even money that line will be 5.5 by by Sunday night Monday morning well, yeah, I'm, uh, I was going to say winning the, the way the line 20s. normally gets
1: mm. it, the way the line normally gets weighted is you give the home team three points and then you adjust accordingly. Um, so yep. in this case, we're basically saying that they consider the Bengals to be 5.5 better than the Browns. And you're right, I think I think the line will keep moving further and further out because they're yeah. they are better than that.
2: You say two and a half, two, two and, and a half points, so less than a field goal. I, I think this is the, I think this will be the biggest blowout of the week. Um, the the Bengals have just found their groove, haven't they? They've let Burrow free. They've stopped trying to be fancy-dancy and just gone to what was working for them last year, what got them through the Chiefs. Burrow to Chase. Burrow to Chase, Burrow to Higgins, Burrow to Boyd. I mean, they're all making plays. They're all back healthy. He doesn't need an offensive line. The offensive line's still absolutely gash, um, but you can't get to him quick enough before the ball's out of his hand perfectly into one of these guys' hands, and you cannot stop them when they play like this. If... The Bengals play, the Guell, the Bengals can play. It's where they played against the Falcons last week. They're the team that can beat the Bills.
0: Uh, Two things then. Uh, We need to do the treble and we need to pick our anytime uh, touchdown scorers for the at five o'clock and 8.30 games if you're going to go to the nook and broom because essentially it involves free beer. Let's do anytime touchdown scorers, shall we? Starting with Patriots at Jets. I would have gone Breeze Hall with this. Well, I I I've written two
2: down, which is one aside, okay, for both games. And I've written Ramondre Stevenson for the Pats because yep. he's scoring every week. And I've written Michael Carter for the Jets, who's going to, probably going to take the lead before James Robinson takes up full power, but he plays in the passing game as well, Carter. Um They'd be my two options. I, I'd probably lean Stevenson for the Pats because I think I he's going to be on the goal line, more reliable. Yeah, he's got goal, be my goal line
1: bear. back. Definitely got a bigger share. Even if uh, Robinson doesn't come in and take all of the carries, he's going to be taking carries away from Carter. So I'd rather go with yeah. the hundred percent gonna play back. All
0: right, sounds good. So Stevenson uh, in the earlier game in the eight thirty game Niners at
2: Rams. It's Debo, right? No, I've gone. I've gone Cooper Cup or Christian McCaffrey, because um, whenever he's playing, he's gonna be. I mean, yeah, that for me is. I, I just love to see that. I think in so far, you know, the, the Rams wanted him. They wanted CMc. They were gutted that the Niners got him. I he. I I want him to score. So that's where <laughs> I'd go with it. Um, but Cooper Cup in the game, it, you know, he's always in the. I just think the 49ers are gonna score more touchdowns, aren't they? So, Dave, where um, I'd go. Uh,
1: He's such a destructive force, Mr. Cup. But yeah, say just for the fun of it, right? I mean, you know, as will enjoy it while it's there. They've they've got him telling him what the play calls are in the huddle, so we don't have to worry about it. He's only a running back; he doesn't need to know what's going (laughs) on. Just need to know where to go.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think if you'd have been listening a little bit earlier as well, no absolute guarantee that Debo's going to get the minutes. Yeah, so, that's my um, problem. Yeah, although I've gone Debo, it's probably more sensible to listen to the two that actually know what they're talking about. Uh, and finally, the treble for this week. Yeah, I just, we, just want to round we, back to
2: the Bel- Bengals Brown game, sorry, because I've done a sort yeah. of win and points over on yeah, that. Go on. Uh, Bengals minus four and a half, which I like, um, and over forty-seven points is a hundred to thirty. Which I think is massive um, and really good fun for Monday Night Football because they could really blow them out. Um, that'd be a bit of fun. Uh, the treble. Okay, so we've gone Bengals minus three point five because um, I, 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 again I think it's the bet of the year. Um, we've gone the Jets. We've put the Jets and Pats game in. Now you can do this one of two ways on Skybet. I went under forty nine and a half points. Dave went over thirty two points. So. They're both the same price, whether you go over 32 or under 49. Um, for me, I, I'd go under because there's no way it's getting there and you don't want to be fighting for a Belichick offense to do anything because they'll just kneel on the ball on the halfway line with 10 minutes to go. Um, I'd go under, but you can go over if you prefer. If you think that there'll be points in that game, go over Go over 32. Um, and we've gone the Jags plus five and a half in the early game.
0: And don't forget, these bets, if you haven't caught them immediately whilst you've been listening to Punts, will be available for you on both Twitter and Twitter. And on Instagram, just search for utter Punts. On uh, on Twitter, it's at utter Punts pod. And on Instagram, it's at utter punts UK. Just uh, just have a look on there and make sure that you uh, make sure that you pick those up. And don't forget that free beer at the Nook and Broom this week if either of those touchdown scorers uh, get across the line. And... <laughs> Oh, it's the two-minute warning, which means we're up to utter punts of the week nominations. It's going to have to be quick, boys. Quick as you like. Who's going first?
2: I'll i I'll go first because I'm going to doom myself by picking Mike Evans, right? So Mike Evans drops the most open Hollywood. pass in the, in the league this year and then walks off the field after his team have been embarrassed 21-3 by the Dave's Panthers um, and he's signing an autographs for the officials in the tunnel. Utter, punt. Yeah, fair. Dave? Oh, come on, he wasn't
1: really signing autographs. He, he was being given a number of a golf coach so that Mike could go and get lessons. Someone's been listening to my Love Even so. School. Love it. Um, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, for, for me, just for, for ships and giggles, I'm going back to the Cleveland Browns general manager, Mr. (laughs) Berry, for having given them no options this season. They can't tank because they've traded away all of their picks. They can't win. They they have nothing to cheer for. The Browns are finally in a place where they can't even look forward to the draft. That must be miserable as sin. And that ultimately is on the man who decided to discard the quarterback who took them to the playoffs after back-to-back record dreadful years and bring in Deshaun Watson. (laughs)
0: It's the I, third time he's nominated. I love doing it too. He really I really like
1: love him. doing it. It's a good it GM, good, good but like, you know, he keeps leaving himself open.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. And if you leave yourself open, David's coming steaming <laughs> through. Uh, brilliant stuff. Um, I'm going to come so far out of left field here that the numbers are just but a dot to me. That's how far out of left field I've gone. Kanye West is going to be my nomination for Utter Punt of the Week. Hear me out on this one. Ye's anti-Semitism, he's officially legally changed his name, by the way, to Ye. His anti-Semitism is now affecting NFL players. Specifically, my favourite defensive player in the NFL, Aaron Donald. Donda Sports, named after his mother, is a marketing agency owned by Ye. Uh, He had a deal with Donald... And Donald has now been forced to cancel that deal because Ye can't keep his trap shut. Kanye West, get in the bin, you anti-Semite prick. Uh, right.
2: No Andrew Berry, though, is he? Nah, <laughs> yeah,
1: man. That's not as bad as what Berry's done. Oh, sorry, I'll take that back. <laughs>
0: Uh, I I would uh, immediately throw that truck in reverse Uh, chaps we are out of time it has been an absolute joy as always Dan thank you very much indeed Uh, Dave as always it's a pleasure having you along you and your big ginger beer. pleasure